We've had a bit of controversy this afternoon right before hitting record on the podcast. Our friend had found, she posted on Facebook that she found a bunch of old film cameras of her granddad's and one of them was an Olympus Trip 35 and uh, she was about to throw it away. She said, I don't think this is very good. I don't think it's worth anything. I'm going to throw it away. And Todd's face. <laughs> you can't, mustn't throw away anything old. He Must keep all things. <laughs> he just bought this exact camera and he loves it. He even said he thinks it's literally the best camera ever made. Definitely is. Inarguably the best camera ever made. It's- don't write in to debate it because you'll lose because it is the best one. Why? Why is it the best one? Do you want to go all nerd for us for uh, a minute? I said this a few minutes ago, but now we're recording. I can't think of the reasons. Uh, <laughs> it was reasons pretty, are, that was why. It's silver and it's old. <laughs> you don't need any better reasons than that to love the camera. There you go. You heard it here first. Anything, <laughs> silver and old. Anything silver and old is cool, isn't it? <laughs> it looks a little bit like the old Fujis. We had the, the, the X-Pros and all that. It looks looks a little bit like that to me. Yeah, I think I think they copied it. When they designed it in the in the mid nineteen sixties, they looked at the twenty nineteen Fuji XT three and thought, Oh, yeah, we need to copy <laughs> this aesthetic. <laughs> But we'll design this for the hipsters of the future. The hipsters of the future. The hipsters of the now are buying the Olympus Trip 35 right now. I think the hipsters of the now are actually on to uh, early digital cameras now, actually. Oh, 90s cameras. That's what trend, what's mm. trendy. Films now got so expensive that they're doing it because um, nobody can afford film anymore. Do you and mean that's why hipsters are buying it? Because it's expensive now? No, that's why they're buying early digital now instead. Oh, because it's too expensive to have film. They want something that's like film, so yeah. they buy the old... Oh, my God. <laughs> it's not really like film either, but it's just cheaper. <laughs> I do. I quite like the way they look. Do you know what I'm really loving right now, actually, is those like direct flash in the daytime type photos. We were talking about this the other day, weren't we? We kind of want to try that at weddings, uh, just see how it looks. I just think like it's sort of fashion celebrity type photography, and it kind of looks cool in the right setting. Not Not all day, but... For some portraits, maybe like maybe direct flash during the not maybe not during the reception. It's a bit much, but exclusive podcast announcement: we're selling our Sony gear, and we're trading it for Boots instant cameras. I'd love that single use. I'd love to shoot a wedding on a. Do do they even sell those anymore? I think they do actually. Yes, it's not great environmentally. No, it's terrible. Yeah, (laughs) it's really really bad. But like an old film camera, point and shoot. You've got four. I'm looking at them right now. You've got four point and shoots. What would be the easiest to like literally point and shoot automatic at a wedding? An instant camera would be best. What's that? What do you mean? So literally an off an off the shelf instant camera or one that works like it, because then you've got literally no settings to deal with. But then most of those are about f9 lenses oh really yeah so you get like the depth of field to cover the fact that there's no focus oh, so you put the flash on that's why they and did that, it that's why they've got the flash yeah so right. in theory you're you're flashing everything in interiors and areas where you don't have the light it's because you have to not because it's you trendy have to, yeah. oh mind blown and once you trendy. get to a trip 35 or something like that you've actually got to adjust the focus so you've got to think about so you've got to think about how many meters away you are from your subjects and then you get into having to think, don't you? You said that your favourite part was the little solar panel. Yes, it's got a little solar panel in, in the lens. Very cute. What does, it, what does it power? Forward thinking. Uh, the meter, I guess. Ah. Something about it's got no... I think it's got two shutter speeds. It's got <laughs> one fortieth of a second and one one hundred twenty-fifth or something like that. And it has to choose between the two. So I guess it's doing something to do some metering. Oh, that's amazing. And it just charges itself back up. So, yeah, pretty good for the 1960s. So, Harriet, don't throw it away. So, I didn't actually say it was Harriet before. It was Harriet, our friend. Don't throw that camera away. <laughs> Anybody out there. Play if with you, it. If you have an old camera, don't throw it away. Yes, Get exactly. it out, shoot it once to remind yourself why you don't like shooting film, and then sell it to me. <laughs> After having spent hundreds of pounds on film that you can't buy anymore. Or donate it to me generously. There we go. Like. Donate. Todd is now a charity accepting old cameras. <laughs> He always takes it out on walks though. It's pretty cute. Like, although it makes walks really, really slow because he takes about half an hour to run a meter and 
like focus because it's like it's not automatic focus and you have to i don't know i don't even know how he does it but it's it's slow it makes you appreciate what you're doing and think about it rather than being on your phone or whatever all the time just getting snapshots that's true talking of which so let's segue nicely on to that inquiry we had where she wanted just iphone photos and iphone videos like for me that's the direction I'm going in. You're going in the direction of film. I'm going in the direction of iPhones. Like we do iPhone videos at weddings. They are really popular and they just suit our style. I love it. I love being able to do it all on my phone and it looks brilliant. And it's so easy. You just hit record. Um, I mean, for weddings, me. I'm with you because I wouldn't want the pressure of doing a wedding on film. I shoot there's everything so many on my things iPhone. things that could go wrong. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I would. I mean, I'm not a film shooter anyway, but like, I shoot my, I shoot on my iPhone for absolutely everything. Like, it uploads to the cloud when I get home. It's great. Like, I can look through my Google Photos and find photos from any date, any place. Uh, like face recognition, all that. Or rather than like, you take your camera out, you put your memory card into the computer. You have to run it through something to not be a raw anymore. Like, put your preset on, edit it, and export it, and upload it, and blah blah blah. And it's just like a whole process. Whereas I, all I have to do is come home to my Wi-Fi. So did this inquirer want photos from an iPhone as it well? It started off with an iPhone film. She was like, yeah, I want to book you guys and we want the iPhone film. And I said, um, we're not free. Um, can I recommend somebody? And they said, yeah, like we like the iPhone film, but we don't even need like, we can, we don't, we're happy to have the whole thing done on an iPhone. I was like, are they actually saying they want iPhone photos all day long? Um, I don't know why. I don't know why they wanted that. I think that maybe they were looking for a bit of a budget deal. Was it like damning with faint praise that they were happy to hire you to do an iPhone film? And then <laughs> when, just... when you're not available, you'd go, well, I could just find anyone off the street who will do it then. Because anyone can use an iPhone. To me, that's the whole thing. It's the opposite of that. Like, not anyone. Like, you, it's about composition and understanding light and posing a couple and that sort of thing. That It doesn't matter what camera you're using. It's about the photographer. And the iPhone proves that because it is like anyone can take a photo. But look at it. Is it a good photo? Maybe not. Like we kind of prove our worth by shooting on an iPhone because you can't just say, oh, but they've got a fancy, expensive camera. That's why they're good. Was this your reply to the inquiry? <laughs> You're very long winded. And then they just said, can you please answer the question? <laughs> I actually put the referral out into a local WhatsApp group and they all responded really sarcastically. <laughs> what? Because nobody... They weren't happy. Everyone would rather have done it on a camera. Absolutely. They right. weren't happy at all at the idea that this, this couple wanted it on, done on an iPhone. Also, I think another good thing about having your iPhone like handy at a wedding or on any photography job is that you can film behind the scenes stuff, which for me is what Instagram is all about now. Like, BTS. BTS, behind the scenes. Like it, there's nothing more fun than seeing the process behind a photo, even if it's just the scene versus the photo you took. I love that stuff. And I think that's what Instagram's about. It's about that like insight into your life it's not about the polished pictures but there's also nothing harder to remember than to get your bts stuff at a wedding Absolutely. even for us when there's two of us there we always forget yeah i'm like todd today your job is to get marketing content did you get anything no <laughs> well i think the tricky thing is you have to know a little bit in advance what you want to go for don't you you have to know if it's going to be like a story with the confetti happening and then you going through the confetti and then showing the shots, then I have to know to get my camera out at the confetti, sorry, get my phone out instead mm -hmm. of my camera, and then hold it vertically, because it has to be For reels, and reels orientation, stories, yeah. and then you have to get the moment of you walking backwards. So you've, you've got to think it through a little bit to know what you're going to end up with, don't you? Yeah, and like you said, like you're thinking about your content. What if you want to put something together? Like, this is how I do group shots. You've got to remember to like film yourself like going through the list and that sort of thing. And then remember to capture all the little bits behind the scenes of that and possibly remember to give your phone to someone else to film you do it. You could just hire someone for like, I don't know, 100 quid a day to get someone just to come along and film you behind the scenes. Like, that's a pretty good day rate. You could get someone who's not a photographer, who is, you know, a budding photographer or something. Just get him to come along. Come along for, you know, 100 quid and some food <laughs> and get you some footage. That's more than you give me. <laughs> That's not fair. It's not true, listeners. It's not true. I pay him an exposure. I put his photos on the internet and tag him. <laughs> exposure pays the bills, right? Talking of shooting, we did an engagement shoot last week. It was very unusual, very fun. Um, we had two different exotic animals at this engagement shoot, didn't we? A panda and... 
Uh, Ooh, can you guess <gasps> the other animal was from it, the engagement shoot that we did last week? Yes. The hippo. <laughs> hippo and panda engagement <laughs> they, shoot. They wore full onesies. Um, it was really, really fun. Uh, we just went around Brighton along the pier and stuff and on the beach just taking silly photos and it was just great fun. Was and that your first onesie photo shoot? Ooh, it might be. It might be. They're the first for everything. Yeah. I like engagement shoots where they're a little bit different, where you can have some fun with it. Like, I like active ones where they're doing something, like they're doing a hobby of theirs or doing something at home. Uh, and the, in this case, it was, yeah, just doing silly things. Um, yeah, I know you'd said in advance that there would probably be an outfit change. And normally you imagine it being like a different dress or a different jumper or something. Yeah. But it was from, what was it, like a, it was a kind of a wedding skirt. dress, wedding skirt into a onesie she wore a t-shirt that said something like girlfriend fiance wife and the other two were crossed out or something and he wore a matching t-shirt and they both wore heart sunglasses and and she had a veil on and everything didn't she I think she did did she have a veil I'd imagine that Uh, and it was just it was just a good laugh it wasn't your classic like romantic photo shoot and we loved it and they had good fun and they only booked us for the engagement shoot and while we were shooting they were like oh my god please guys will you shoot our wedding we're like oh amazing that's nice so we moved a few things around we made ourselves available on their date and they booked straight away so we can't wait to shoot their wedding they're great fun still drew a lot of attention didn't it considering it was Brighton and Mm. it was midday so you know Brighton the city where a lot of crazy things go on they got a lot of people congratulating them as if, if it was an actual yeah, wedding. Yeah, that's it. They did get a lot of attention. And then she lost her phone. She dropped her phone on the beach and uh, he phoned her phone and someone picked up. She was like, yeah, yeah, I've got your phone. And he was like, we're over here. Can you see us? I'm dressed like a panda. <laughs> and when we eventually found these two girls that had the phone, they did not see the humour they were very deadpan they did not get it like well they were in a rush weren't they 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 were had to leave in a hurry but they didn't find it weird or funny or anything that they were in like onesie outfits Um, but yeah they were very honest and gave the phone um, back to her which was very fortunate. <laughs> After testing them with a security question, didn't they? Or, or they looked at the pictures her. or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, I don't know what it was, but she just wouldn't believe um, our bride that it was her phone, which was a bit odd. I was like, do you want to have a look at the pictures? There's literally a selfie of the four of us right there on there. <laughs> selfie from 20 minutes before. <laughs> exactly. I was like, do you want any more proof than that? Now that's a benefit of a phone, because if they'd found a film camera, you'd have had to take it to a lab and get it developed to find the selfie on the roll, wouldn't there you? There are so, so many... <laughs> film uh what's it called um developer developed photos that people are like oh i've been sent these photos and they're not mine whose are they and they go around the internet and everyone's like oh whose are these photos i love that it happens with sd cards sometimes as well though it's not quite as romantic as getting a print print i think that's the word i was looking for (laughs) did i call it a developed photo developed photo (laughs) a print a print (laughs) dear god Oh, what is actually, wrong with me? a print would not be the same thing as a developed photo, technically. Oh, you know, you're if right. If we're going to get into it, if yeah. we're going to get into it, fair enough. Because you can get your you can get your stuff back, just the scan or whatever, without it being printed. Oh yeah, yeah, blah blah mm. blah. Fair enough. And I suppose you don't really develop a, a print in the same way. Let's get technical about it. Yes. <laughs> Everyone enjoying our technical chat about what's a developed photo. <laughs> We did we did do the engagement shoot on the Sony's, didn't we, as usual, not on a iPhone or any film photos. Do you know what I'm finding with the Sony's is that even though we've had a slow start to the year, so I'm not using my camera very much, and I am finding the Sony's so intuitive that I don't need to relearn it or pick it up again or anything. I don't need to be like, oh, I can't remember how to use my camera because it's so easy to use. The thing that I was nervous about was actually working with a couple like posing and directing and coming up with ideas that's the stuff I felt like I might be rusty on and not the camera which was I think that was really good I think that's what technology should do for us we should, it should take away any thinking and guesswork and leave you to worry about what's in the scene rather than the technic, technical side of it yeah I would say the hardest thing with the Sony was setting it up in the first place so that the right buttons were assigned to the right things and it all felt intuitive and then it resets itself and you're like no is, we've not really had that problem <laughs> actually with we Sony. did with Fuji didn't we oh it used to reset itself during a wedding I was like oh no oh god like it's on jpeg small and it's all like like oh that was one of the nightmares with that that was definitely one of the considerations i think in switching wasn't it was the random resets on the on the xt3 the memory would just go and you'd be back at default settings for everything default settings should be professional photography settings default should be raw and 
two slots and whatever it is that you know that we use it should be that should be the default really and also it should be really hard to format or change to jpeg because the amount of photographers who are like oh at some point i switched to dial and it turned it to jpeg small jpeg like it should be hard to do that i remember on the fuji it was i think it was the fuji or one there's a particular camera that it's really easy to do that on everything defaults to beep as well doesn't it oh yeah the, the little autofocus <laughs> confirmation beep, which I'm sure nobody really wants or uses. No, but that's, that's always crazy. The, the standard setting, isn't it? Oh my god! <laughs> Moving on from a gear talk and photography talk. Well, let's let's not move on. Let's from not gear move talk on, okay? Because um, you got another piece of gear, didn't you, this Did month? I? A big piece of gear. Oh, my new baby! A, a two-wheeled piece of gear. So not technically photography related but i bought a little e-bike a a folding e-bike um because i'm now working in an office in brighton like two or three days a week just because i work better in a co-working space rather than at home just as an aside highly recommend it it's amazing you have mentioned that 500 times on this podcast i have i just love it there absolutely love it like i get i get so much more done it's episode seven of the podcast, and yet somehow you've mentioned it more than seven times. I hope you're right about it being episode seven. <laughs> it's episode somewhere around seven anyway. I'm pretty sure it's seven. Uh, did you know I work at a co-working space in Brighton? Um, so basically, the co-working space, like Brighton is infamous for expensive parking. And the car park right next to the office I work at is £8.20 a day. So I'm thinking, I did the maths. I was like, £8.20 for two or three days a week. That's going to come up to about £1,000 a year. I looked at parking permits to get like a a year's permit there. And it was £1,000. So I was like, yeah, it's not going to pay off. The same as a small car. (laughs) Or an e-bike. So I thought thought if I get an e-bike, no, if I get a folding bike more specifically, I can park somewhere for free and cycle in, which from most directions is about, I don't know, a few miles or something. Um, and one of the directions is fully downhill on the way to the office and fully uphill on the way home. Um, so I got an e-bike. I did a lot of research. I went online, which you should not do. I've learned never buy a bike online. Um, and then you bought the wrong one. <laughs> oh, God, did I buy the wrong one? It looked so good in the pictures. Um, it looked decent. It looked like it, it was fit for purpose. A beautiful um, teal green glittering in the sunlight of the photos. It was gorgeous. I'm not even going to deny that it was gorgeous. Um, and it, but was, it, it was bad for a very internet purchase reason, wasn't it? It was enormous. <laughs> there's, there's like memes about this, aren't there? You Our know, friend where... Rachel bought a, a rug. Do you remember? Yeah. It was Rachel, wasn't it? She bought that rug and it turned out to be a doll's house rug. <laughs> There's there's no sense of scale on the internet. And that is the number one reason not to buy things on the internet. Well, the thing is, the worst thing about it is because I had to send it back. This thing wasn't fit for purpose. It didn't fit in my car. Um, I had to get it back in the box. Like getting a fold up bike, e-bike, back in a box is really, really hard. And I was like, it, there was packaging that I didn't know where it had come from. You know, like it was an absolute nightmare. I spent like a whole day on it. But so this gives a, a sense of the scale, literally, pun intended, of the problem, that the bike did not fit in your car. Yeah, Which literally. is not a small car, is it? It's, it's, it's like a Fiat 500X. A decent, medium-sized car. Mm. And the bike, when folded, basically didn't go in there. I had to put the seats down, the back seats down. And you basically couldn't lift the I bike I couldn't lift either. it. It was 26 <laughs> kilos. I can lift 26 kilos, but not when it's shaped like a folded bike. You that can, was hard. You can deadlift it at CrossFit. I could deadlift. But you <laughs> I could can't deadlift the bike. lift and articulate it into a boot. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't articulate it into the boot. That is such a great word. I love that. <laughs> so I had to send it back. I did some more research. I found a brand. I, do you know what? So this actually sort of brings me on to photography and the value of it because I started off thinking, okay, £1,000, that's what it's going to cost me in a year. So if I spend £1,000 on a bike that evens itself out, that's, you know, I can I can do that. So I started researching and found a bunch. And I thought, you know, you didn't get many miles on the e-bike, on the battery for, for £1,000, but you get way more miles if you go to £1,200 or £1,300. So I thought, okay, two or 300 quid, that's worth it to get more hours on the on the battery, get more power or whatever. Um, and so it, it sort of crept up from there. And when I took that bike back, because it wasn't good enough, I looked at better ones, more well-known brands and that sort of thing. This makes me think of a fairy tale where the kids are like following a trail of breadcrumbs into the woods <laughs> that takes them, lures them into the deep woods from <laughs> £1,000 that they plan to spend all the way up to two grand or whatever. 
you are those kids in the fairy tale oh i am i am and, and that's the thing our clients are too because they will do the research they'll they'll think i've got a 500 pound budget for wedding photography and they find out the first person they look at is 1200 they think okay this person's decent then they see someone for 1500 who they like even more and then they see someone for 2000 and they're like oh but this person does this or that and they're like oh man all the good ones are kind of around 2000 i'm just saying that as an example i'm not saying all the good photographers are 2000 pounds um but you know you you have to change your expectations of how much it's going to cost and so I was doing research on these bikes and this really good brand, really well-rated bike. Are you going to um, shout it out? Shout out what? The, the brand of the bike. Oh, it's called Vault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a brand called Vault. Um, that can be our sponsor for this episode. We'll, this, we'll episode contact them. this episode is sponsored by Vault. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect that. was amazing. <laughs> Thank you for the little electric shock noise. Brilliant. Um... I got a vote in the end. <laughs> I got a vote. Sounds. He didn't do it that time. Sounds shockingly good. <laughs> anyway, we've, we've. How much do they charge? For oh one my of those? god, that's amazing! That's amazing. Uh, so yeah, skipping to the end of the story, it was eighteen hundred pounds for the bike, which is almost double what I expected to spend. You followed that trail of. I followed the trail to gingerbread the end. crumbs right into the forest. Right, I was well in the forest. I went to the shop. I bought the bike. I fell in love with it in person. And I thought, this is so much better, so much more fit for purpose. Then I was like, you know what? I'll pay it off. I'll pay off the parking equivalent over two years. You know, that's how I that's how I justified it. So our couples will do the same. Our clients will do the same. They'll be like, this is what I want to spend on photography. Oh, wait, that might not be enough. And it gets like, they want someone better and better and better. And then they realise they're spending £2,000 um, or more. And they justify it to themselves. So but- what, what sold you on the vault? Apart from the fact that it fit in your car and the other one didn't. Well, I mean, do you, I mean, do you remember that? We told the story on the podcast about the woman we spoke to at the bike shop because we talked about her boobs being cast in <laughs> in Brighton. Do you remember that? <laughs> yep. So that was that Never day. Never to be forgotten. Yes. Um, what sold me on that bike? It fit in the car, yes. It was pretty... Shininess level. Shininess. I could lift it. I... Um, I lifted the bike up with one arm onto my shoulder as a test and it wasn't that easy but I had to know I could get it up the stairs at the office if I needed to take it upstairs because that's where the bike parking is. Um, I needed it to fold down small enough to possibly put under a desk. Um, I needed a battery that lasted a decent amount of time. Uh, Stuff like that really. Just a comfortable ride as well. Like I want it to be comfy. So when I looked at the original online company I looked at ones that were smaller um, but the reviews were all across the board. It's got such an uncomfortable saddle. And I was like, yeah, my butt hurts even on saddles that are like a sofa. So I couldn't go with that. And so the fact that this bike was comfy, like it, it just, it ticked all the boxes really. Bike seats are always really painful, aren't they? It's like they're not even trying when they when they sit out to make them. It's like I, sitting on a plank of wood most of the time. It really is. I don't know why they do it. Mm. Why do they do that? Anyway, so now I have my little commuting bike to take to the office. I took it twice and then I got a massive puncture. Um, and had to walk it home so that was great so lack of puncturability was not high on your list of purchasing requirements I didn't know it had to be and it is now I googled it and other people had the same problem and they recommended these particular tyres that like push stuff out like anti-puncture so I'm getting them fitted tomorrow which I'm quite excited about I can start commuting by bike again back on the road and back into earning that 1800 pounds I know it's good exercise as well like I don't use it on full power so it's good exercise um and talking of exercise I've like really got into um back back to CrossFit and stuff and I've started doing the couch to 5k running and stuff uh because I feel like I've lost a lot of fitness and I really really need to be fitter for for the wedding season so is couch to 5k an app yeah, and like yeah. an, an experience. Does it, it has an app. Does it aim to guide you oh, from amazing. the couch to the 5K? That's it, as exactly. As the name suggests. I started it in Lanzarote with my friend Laura. We, um, She was doing it, so I went along with her. And the app goes, um, it's like five minute walk. Then you do, I think week one is like a minute of jogging or running. Then 90 seconds, I think, of walking. Then a minute of jogging, 90 seconds of walking. And the app does this for you. It goes, beep, start walking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, the app helps you along the way. Obviously, it's not doing the running for you. Oh, I, I if only. <laughs> That'd be nice, wouldn't it? It's a great companion. I really like it. I put on my... I went along Brighton Beach the other day with it and put on my noise cancelling headphones and had my music. And she was like saying, start running in my ears. And it was really motivating um and that plus i've changed up my diet quite dramatically i am feeling good i'm feeling strong um i did a 
38 minute intense workout this morning at CrossFit. Oh my God. But I really think a month ago I would have absolutely died trying to do that. And that kind of bodes well for wedding season coming up because I feel like trash at the end of every wedding. So let's let's talk about this diet. It's not a, like a crazy caveman diet or anything, is it? No, no. It's um, I'm just looking after myself better, really. I'm going high protein because um, I want to lose weight without losing muscle. And apparently having high protein keeps your muscle and helps you build it. I'm not going over calorie though. I'm sticking to calories, which is actually magically easier when you're on high protein. Yeah, if, if any of you listening into this haven't tracked your calories before, it can be really interesting if you've not done a little log of it because it helps you to sort of really look at what you're eating and um, see what is contributing to those calories. Mm, I was going way, way over. I logged. So I started, I'm using a Lose It app. And, um, Which has like a barcode scanner, doesn't it? It's great. So you can, in theory, you can scan in the foods that you eat, although they're not always in the database. But it's great though; it works really well. And um, so yeah, it turned out I was eating so far over my calorie allowance for a woman. Um, no wonder 5, I five thousand calories a day. That's the thing. I got really into ice cream over winter. Weirdly, like I don't weirdly, know why. ice cream is bad for your health and adds to your calories. It's also Who weird. Knew? <laughs> It's also weird to have in winter, an odd choice to make, but I got into that habit and I was just in really bad habits. Um, I think I got to, I'm not going to even be shy about it. I got to 82 kilos in weight, which is like the BMI or whatever is too high on that. I'm quite tall, so it doesn't it doesn't look too bad or anything, but... Uh, it's a perfectly healthy and normal weight. It's just at least two of me. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm the opposite in terms of metabolism and stuff I struggle to put the calories on it's so unfair I I struggle to hold on to them and when I'm stressed out which is most of the time I struggle to eat it's that's just how it is for me does anyone else feel that like get anxiety moments and just can't eat I need like the reverse of the loser app I need the gain it oh that's a great idea gain it app well it's definitely it's definitely more of a niche thing isn't it you know I think Generally speaking, it's fair to say more people struggle to lose weight than to gain it. Hmm. But the struggle is real. I, I do think it's just as hard when you're in the opposite position. Well, so me and my friends from Lanzarote, we are all five of us on a race to lose five kilos. Um, I am, I think, 90... Wait, 90? What's 90? 0.9. What's that? I don't know. 900 grams? I'm... I'm <laughs> I don't know. I'm like 10 or 100. I don't know how the dots work, but I'm 0.1 away from, 0.01 away from losing one kilo so far in a month. Um, cool. Yeah, we're going to pay each other. So we all give 20 quid to the winner, the first person to lose five kilos. Uh, I want to spend on food at the end. <laughs> I'll spend it on ice celebrate. cream. Yeah. <laughs> I want to lose 10. You want to gain 10. So if you just follow my previous diet, you'll be fine. Um, What's like your end goal with it? So... When you've lost that amount of weight, do you want to like stick at that new weight? Stick, yeah, yeah. I'll keep this high protein diet because I've never felt so good. Like it keeps me full and I can't believe when I've eaten so few calories, I feel so full. I really love it. Because generally like the recommendation with tracking calories and stuff is that you do it for a bit, isn't it? To To get into the swing and get used to it. I think I probably will get used to the sorts of things I'll be eating and how much of it. Because before I had no idea what I was eating. I was eating so over calories. It was really easy to do as well. And I was eating bad stuff because you eat something sugary and carby and it doesn't fill you up. So you're like, oh, eat more and high calorie and blah 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 it's just not it wasn't good for me and one yeah. one interesting fringe benefit that we've had from this that we found when we're shopping is that it's making shopping easier because we have more of a sense of what meals we're going to get because we're getting it for essentially the goodness of it and not what we feel like eating that day so you know i'm the kind of guy where i'll go into a supermarket and i'll spend half an hour choosing what i want because I Easter just can't eggs. It's decide. always Easter like, eggs. Get around you well, by Easter You know, there's, there's so many shiny things, aren't there, <laughs> at supermarkets to distract you and offers. And then you think, oh, what do I fancy? And if you're doing a weekly shop, it's like, what am I going to fancy in four days' time? Which is, like, impossible to anticipate, isn't it? So, so having some kind of structure to your meals, and so you're thinking about what protein am I getting here, what fats, what nutrition just completely narrows down the selection so instead of thinking what do i really fancy you're thinking what is my body going to need which is quite consistent every day i bet you guys didn't come to this podcast today expecting to hear about diets (laughs) i just want to kind of add to your bit about supermarkets that it's quite cute how whenever we're in waitrose together 
and I'm looking for you, I know exactly where to go to find you. You're always at the chocolate aisle. Now, how can <laughs> Just we staring at the shelves? How can we tenuously link this back to wedding photography to help this podcast? Well, anyone listening that does weddings, um, you should send a rider ahead. Don't accept the meals that they're offering you. Send a rider with your exact protein requirements in there. So I want a custom meal just for me that has 33% protein and 28% good fats <laughs> and uh, the rest carbs. <laughs> oh dear, and stay yeah, away from the dessert table. We can get away with that, I think, right? I think we can all agree that it's the dessert table where it all goes wrong for us. It does all us. go wrong. Do you remember that wedding we had where they had um, where they had retro desserts from like our childhood? They had like Forest Gatto and... I remember it well. I can't think of what any of them were except the Forest Gatto. I know. I'd have to go back to the photos. It was amazing, What though. is a retro dessert? I would say, um, not that this would really work at a wedding, but um, Angel Delight would be oh, one. That's one from the childhood. And uh, Vianetta as well. That's a classic, you know. The ice cream? Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah, a that's retro a dessert We went through a phase of that, didn't we, this winter? My we ice did. cream phase. Yeah. Did you know, we watched a film last night uh, with Jake Gill- Gyllenhaal, was his name? Uh, Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal, I don't know. <laughs> it's a fish. <laughs> and uh, I, love what, I love reading the trivia of a movie on IMDb. And one of them was that his co-star um, during filming... Um, gave him some angel delight and Jake was like oh hell yeah and added it to his requirements for things he'd be fed on set (laughs) actually we had another um, retro dessert last night didn't we because we were watching uh, BBC was it documentary with uh, Greg Wallace Mm. from MasterChef where he does like the factory tour things you guys have seen that and he was touring the um, is it Ambrosia, Ambrosia. rice pudding factory, mm. and it just so happened we had a tin of that stuff in the cupboard. It here. was ancient, the like tin in our you cupboard. probably all do, the same way as Harriet had a trip thirty five in the cupboard. <laughs> we probably all got a tin of rice pudding in there, so we excavated that, didn't we? We, <laughs> we did. exhumed it from the far reaches of the cupboard. I literally, literally blew dust off it. <laughs> it's one of those things that everyone's got in the cupboard that you just never really feel like. But that's a childhood dessert for me as well. Yeah, good times, good times. Changing topics slightly, uh, I did a really cool thing this month, which is judge the Nine Dots Awards. It I was... feel like I should have set you up for that rather than Go you on, setting yourself up. Go on. Changing topics slightly, you did something really cool this month. <laughs> didn't you (laughs) that does sound better (laughs) (laughs) what was the really cool thing you did this month Anna oh I judged the nine dots awards (laughs) wow that sounds very cool it was very cool thank you for asking look at us mastering the natural segues we're so good at this naturals so tell us more uh they sent me tens of thousands of I think maybe like 11 I know wait thousands of hang on let's let's backtrack even slightly more how did you get approached for this I did a talk for them in I think March or April um, up in London at their event I did a talk uh, in person as regular listeners will know yeah yeah it was very exciting and very fun to do and well actually the uh, the content of the talk is actually in the membership in the kick-ass photographers membership if you want to go look at the content of the talk it was about basically using your website to convert uh, viewers into into clients basically um so i did that talk do you think the talk was like a secret audition for being a judge and they were they were checking you out seeing if you were any good if you knew your stuff yes i do and i i succeeded i passed the test and they asked me to judge uh so yeah i think i was only one of like three or four judges and i just remembered it wasn't (laughs) it wasn't tens of thousands it was i think it was 1100 images i got sent um, and I had to go through tens of hundreds, tens, tens of, of hundreds, <laughs> tens of tens of images. <laughs> it took so long to go through, which actually made me realise when we deliver like eleven hundred photos from a wedding or something, it's like a lot to go through. Yeah, we're not actually rewarding our clients; we're torturing. We're torturing them. them. It's so long. Um, I started like cause I, I thought to myself, I'll go through them all one by one. I won't favour any and then I'll go through them again once I've seen all of them. And I started going through them as a grid after a while because I was like, there's so many. Then went through them again because it just took hours. It's like when you're culling, isn't it? And you think you're making good headway and you look <laughs> and you've looked at 12 pictures. <laughs> you're still in prep two hours later. So yeah, I went through all these images and I picked my favourites, which I mean, actually, almost all the ones I picked won. A lot of the ones I picked did win, which was quite cool. Uh, but I just, I kind of didn't... So it's co-judged. 
Yeah, there's three or four of us. Yeah. I didn't go for ones that would be a classic award and I didn't not choose ones that would be definitely not an award because I don't care about imperfection in photography. I really care about the moment. And I I know that the whole award thing should be the moment plus the composition, plus the light, all these things together. But for me, I kind of see it from the client's point of view. If something's a really great moment, but it's not absolutely perfect technically, I think the the client's going to love it and it's more meaningful that way. Like the real stories behind stuff. Uh, So yeah, I I picked based on that and it was just wonderful. I felt so inspired. Actually, one of my criteria, I didn't realise my criteria until I had gone through them all once. One of my criteria was if the photo inspired me to want to go and shoot a wedding and do well, then I'd pick it. So the photo had to inspire you to rip off the photo and go out and copy it. (laughs) That is not what I said. So yeah, any of you guys who won, have a look at my next wedding and see if I ripped you off. <laughs> Keep a close eye on Anna's portfolio in the coming months. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was really good fun to do. I really enjoyed going through it and uh, sealing people's fate. <laughs> okay, so tell us tell us more. Like any particular standout images, favourites, things that didn't get in, etc. Ooh, good question. There Things were loads where you of... were overridden by the other judges and you hate them forever. Yeah, there was one actually in particular that I remember um, that didn't win, but I loved it because it was of a group photo. So like, I don't know, it was like the grooms and bridesmaids or something lined up and there was a dog taking a dump next to them all. And it's just like, another of my criteria I just remembered actually was that it was something that your average Uncle Bob wouldn't think to shoot. That they would think, oh, someone ruined, that's not a moment, like, I'm not going to shoot that. Whereas the award-winning one for me was they thought, this is the moment, this is the new moment, something that's happening. And this dog taking a dump while they're doing the group photos, and Uncle Bob might be like, oh, get the dog out of the way, wait till it's done its poo, (laughs) and take the photo. And this photographer, uh, Tyree, I'll say her name, um, took the photo of the dog taking a dump, and it was really well-framed and everything, and I thought it was fantastic. The fact that she just thought to herself, this is the photo, this is the moment. I loved that. So any that were like that, I chose. So if anyone out there is angling for more awards, then uh, <laughs> recommend looking out for dogs taking a shit in the future. Is that your takeaway? Thanks for making me click the explicit button there, <laughs> Any other um, takeaways while we're here? Like anything that you advise like people looking to win an award yeah i mean shall i read through some things some notes that i made should i just read them out like uh, would that be boring i'm looking at the note now and i can confirm it would be boring (laughs) but maybe we can pick out some gems let's pick let's pick some ones that made me smile was was one of my criteria like i just if it literally physically made me smile I picked it. So you're looking for something that elicits a reaction. It, yes, that's it. It made me feel something. That's exactly it. Like You've said smile, but it could be, you know, makes you burst into tears or... Anything, as long as I feel something. Gives you that... indigestion. <laughs> Funny, bubbly feeling in your stomach. Lovely. Um, I didn't like the ones that were in-jokes for photographers that, you know photographers trying to shoot for an award making a joke that only photographers would get which we're not going to name because you you all know (laughs) everyone listening to this is a photographer so you know what the in jokes are i've done it i've done it myself plenty i made in joke photos but it's not clients don't get it and so i didn't want to award i wanted to award things like client related like i wanted them to love it too um there were so many jenga photos there were so many sunset portraits um that sort of thing there were loads of confetti photos like they're all great but they're not like what's different about them so try to do that same thing with something different if you can like yeah like you'd go through oh another sunset portrait gorgeous but you know it's the same as the next sunset portrait like yeah don't don't just go and hang out by the jenga all afternoon guys go and sit by the cornhole or something similar (laughs) we've done so we have done our time with jenga haven't we and you almost broke a lens once because someone... The Jenga fell on top of your camera, didn't it? Yep, I took the uh, the whole you-can-never-be-close-enough thing a little bit too far <laughs> and ended up in the in the firing line of the collapsing Jenga. Funnily enough, I've written that down. I've written in my things that I liked were risks taken, e.g. miss a potential moment to do it better or get a sub-moment. I think yours counts with risk being taken. Definitely. I mean, it could have had my eye out. Anything could have happened. <laughs> 
I could have been killed, killed under that falling Jenga pile block. of Jenga that day. We should point out it's giant Jenga, not the little tabletop Jenga. Um, it's just so ripe for a good photo, but it's not for me award worthy because you know what's going to happen. Unless you can really frame it up very, very unusual. It's difficult anyway, because you can't really predict what Jenga's going to do. Um, but there were just a lot of those. Uh, yeah, so that was basically what I looked at. Can we wrap this up in a sentence? Is that possible? What, how to shoot an award-winning photo? Yeah, yeah. We actually have a, an interview that I did with Alan Law of This Is Reportage in the membership where he literally told us how to take an award-winning photo. I thought that was really useful. Cunning segue. I see what you did there. <laughs> if you want a, a quick wrap-up, you have to get in the membership. <laughs> Basically, just do something different that elicits a feeling. For me, that's, that's the main thing. But every judge is different. Some people are... I know the two man, they, they judge plenty of awards and they are strict. They are like photographers, photographers, as in like photographers for photographers. They are so strict. They are like, don't do this, don't do that. You must do this, you must do that. And like, yeah, getting past them is hard. Getting past me, you just have to make me laugh. <laughs> well, I guess there's a lesson in that too, really, isn't there? It's like, know your audience. So whether you're shooting for an awards or whether it's for your clients, if you know the kind of person you're shooting for, then you know the kind of images to go for and the kind of things to cull in at the end. So if I know I'm choosing for you, I'm going to pick things that are funny and that might make you laugh because that's what that's what does it for you. Very beautifully wrapped up there and summed up. Thank Why, you. Why, thank you. <laughs> okay, we got one more thing for you this week, this Hot month, topic. however often we do these things. <laughs> it's really quite random. One more burning topic that we have to get off our chest. It's such a great topic. I'm kind of loving this right now. So, And that is chat pgt <laughs> tgp chat C- pg tips <laughs> chat g p t yes what is it it's an ai conversation tool and um, what letters are in it we don't know i googled it earlier to see what it stands for and i can't remember it really was a bit technical uh but it's basically an online chat thing with a robot where you say can you write me this or can you come up with ideas for that and it will do it and it's pretty good and it's going to take over the world yeah this is part of a generally wider topic of how machines are going to push us out and terminator style eliminate us fairly soon that's it so we've got to make the most of it while we can while we're still in jobs (laughs) so you have two choices either stop using all technology and contributing to this or make a handy use of it in your business now while you can exactly and that's what we're talking about today we've just uh, recorded a little walkthrough actually of how we use chat gpt how to um, harness dangerous ai technology for your business <laughs> it's got to be done you've got to harness it otherwise it's gonna everyone's gonna be using it but you uh, i just honestly i think that it's such a good way of making life easier for now until the machines take over and kill us all great thanks that's a really positive uplifting segment for everybody um i've been using it to enhance stuff come up with ideas help me out with seo and things like that and i've been using it for a few months i've been testing things out i even did like i asked it for a meal plan i was like i want to do 40 percent protein 30 no sorry 30 percent protein 40 percent carbs 30 percent fat give me a whole day of meal plan and it did it was great um so you can ask it for anything text-based and I've been using it to like beef up my blog posts. So, so this one- an important distinction here is that you're not getting it to write stuff from like a blank page, are Absolutely you? Absolutely not. You're that getting is it not to good. rewrite and augment things that you've already written yourself. Yeah, so it's really not a good idea to do it from scratch. We talk about this in the full video. You can find it on YouTube. I'll pop a link in here as well. Um, don't write from scratch with it give it some prompts give it some details give it give it your own stuff and get it to just like enhance it so like a blog post or something the reason being if you've never used chat g g p t <laughs> can't say it properly now uh if you've never used it um if you just go with like the out of the box settings and get it to write something from the ground up it's very clinical isn't it it's kind of corporate you can get it to rewrite it a bit more chatty and it does a really good job but how many people are going to ask the same thing? Can you write me a blog post about, um, you know, a venue in London and can you make it more chatty? You're going to get literally the same blog post text as someone else who writes the same thing. Like, I that's not good. Like, morally, it kind of makes more sense as well, doesn't it? Because if it's starting with something that you've already written, then there's an element there, like a kernel of originality. Well, you want to put yourself into it still, don't you? You want to put your own experience, your own... Like, why would you want to read a blog post that 
has nothing personal about that per- about that like the person who you know whose website you've gone to like you want to hear like even more than ever because of ai i want to hear human stories and human voices so write your blog posts write them with your voice write them with loads of information and in your tone and just say to it can you expand on this can you correct any any errors can you make this sound more proper or something like that and um, it's actually pretty good at that isn't it really it's, good it's scarily good at revising its original words or revising yours based on the prompts that you put in yeah we even tried one where it said can you rewrite this in the voice of david brent <laughs> who is uh ricky gervais he uh plays david brent in the office um yeah it's 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 quite clever there's not there's like so much you can do with it uh, but it's just good for ideas so if you can't come up with an idea for a post or if you want some headings for that post or if you just want some sort of ideas for it that you can work from um, also things like emails if you have an email from a client that you don't know how to respond to just pop it in there put say can you can you write me a response to this email please and you paste the email in and it will write a response and you could say can you make it less formal more chatty um, you'll see in our example in the YouTube video it did such an amazing job of rep- responding to an inquiry in literally my voice somehow I just said uh, less what did I say? Less formal, more chatty, less like corporate. And it literally wrote it exactly as I would say it. Um, yeah, I mean, with you as well, your your background is in journalism, isn't it? You mm. did a degree in that, didn't you? Yeah. So you've already got those basic underlying skills to be able to write something and then evaluate if the AI has done a good job. But if for those of us who don't have such good written skills, um, it's a real godsend, actually, isn't it? Yeah, just don't, just don't like tell it to write a whole post for you and just copy and paste it like that's not the way forward start with your own work and get it to just tweak it uh for so many reasons google's not going to love it because i mean various reasons basically but uh yeah don't do that use it for ideas just use it for ideas in just general life as well it's just it knows everything pre 2021 i think um but also you're training it so if you whatever you tell it within that chat becomes truth so be careful because it doesn't actually always get facts right. If you say to it, what's two plus two, it will say four. And if you respond and say, actually, two plus two is five, then you say, what is two plus two? It will say five. Um, so it's, you know, it's not a human, but it's really fun to play with. Have a go. I, I quite love it. Um, and like mid journey as well. That's the image version where you plug in a prompt. You're like, make an image of this thing with this camera, these settings. You can do everything. You can say, make a photo on a, a Sony f1.8 shutter speed 200 this preset all that stuff and it will make something that looks exactly like a photo it is scary um it's fun but it is worrying what will happen to things like branding photos so you could just ask it for a picture of food thing is i think that's really disingenuous because that's not what that food's going to look like in that restaurant you know so i think there's actually i think there's it's there's still such a massive job for us to do photography and i think even more so because people get excited about ai and they'll start using it and then they'll realize actually this is not good i want things to represent me and they'll start booking photographers again and appreciating us so much more yeah i wonder how much there's going to be like the inevitable pushback to all this you know are people going to start wanting um film photos again for their wedding where it's just you know 36 pictures per roll and every single one is manual and you get them whether they're kind of crappy and they didn't come out properly or not yeah that's it I that's think. how things tend to work isn't it you know there's there's some cycles. kind of thing that gets popular and then there's a pushback to it yeah massively and the hipsters are already using film cameras so i think that's going to happen for sure Talking of blogging and SEO and stuff, I have joined a membership myself. It's an SEO for web designers membership by Karen Julia. A lot of you guys will know her. She's a total SEO nerd. I'm sure she won't mind me saying that. She is the... Hopefully she doesn't, or you just insulted her big time. (laughs) Thing is, with SEO, I understand the creative side of it. I can write for SEO. I understand the sort of on-page stuff about it. But when it comes to like the technical behind the scenes stuff, the sort of, oh, the the way that Google links up to your website and the things you have to do, like really, not even just behind the scenes on your website, but behind the scenes, behind the scenes. That's the stuff where she shines. Like she 
loves that stuff. She loves it so much. She started a membership so she could help people with that stuff. And I was like, sign me up. I was the second person to join. Absolutely sign me up. And we had, um, so in our membership, we have a weekly um, group mentoring Zoom and she does the same. So I went to my first one with her this morning and uh, I needed a nap afterwards. I came away with so much information. I wrote three pages of notes. It was brilliant. I really like, it's just stuff that I can't get my head around. Fantastic. So yeah, she does like, I, I think she probably does one-to-ones as well, but like she is now going to be my right-hand woman for web design. Like she's she's basically in my team now as the SEO nerd. Like when you get a website with me, you get her also looking at your website, making sure it works SEO-wise behind the scenes, you know, the boring technical stuff that I cannot understand. Um, so she's been helping me out with that. It's fantastic. Our Zooms with the membership aren't like quite as tiring I don't think we don't go like deep into technical stuff um a lot of the time we sort of chat about things we've been up to and we ask ask questions and and discuss things and we have a lot of fun actually we had a lot of fun in our last group zoom um in the kickass membership where we actually played with this chat gpt and uh we rewrote each other's blog posts in funny voices and we had a challenge didn't we where we wanted to take the same blog post and each get ChatGPT to rewrite it in the voice of a celebrity we thought we were like. And then guess, whose was whose? <laughs> so actually, we've got our next group mentoring tomorrow. Maybe we'll uh, we'll set that up for tomorrow. <laughs> so you can do fun things with this AI tech. Also, another topic, we've got our, I think, second or third wedding of the year next Saturday, and it is at Dreamland in Margate, which is an actual retro theme park it's going to be amazing it's got like all these roller coasters it's got a um skating rink it's gonna be so cool i can't wait now we have to go into the zone of avoiding people and staying well oh yeah you always feel like that don't you before a wedding is i don't think i was like that before covid yeah the paranoia sets in a week ahead of time it kind of ruins summer doesn't it because you feel like you can't do anything because you're going to get sick and we missed two weddings last year because we were sick which is an absolute nightmare I really don't want that to happen again. So yeah, we're going to have to speak, spend a week as hermits now, aren't we? And then yep. the rest of the summer. But yeah, Dreamland looks like a cool venue. Yeah. Have you shot there before? Only an engagement shoot. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait. Um, so yeah, that's that's us. Yeah, next Saturday, it's, it's the beginning of the onslaught of weddings. I think we've got 15 more this year, which is, I think, for me, a very decent number. I, I don't think I want to do more than that. It's quite tiring. A manageable number for yeah. people of our age. I'm 40 next year. <laughs> Also, we're going to be spending the summer hanging out with some of our members as well. So we've got a few member hangouts, which I can't wait for. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have to risk the uh, the old COVID for that because it's well worth it. Um, but, yeah, if you want to join us for any of our meetups, if you want to come to our group mentoring Zooms, if you want to watch any of our courses or videos or whatever, do join us in the membership. Um, you can join at kickassphotographers.com forward slash join. Come on down and join us. See you there. Bye. Bye.